0: Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Wednesday, July 21st, and we are here to try to take the mystery out of your financial life. How do we do that? We answer your questions. So, you can send us email questions, very easily ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. If you're on the website jillonmoney.com, we've got a contact button, but if you want to skip the line, if you want to get your question answered more efficiently, just let us know and you can come on the air with us. And the other reason why I very much encourage you to come on the air with us is that sometimes it's really hard to talk about these financial topics that are loaded with emotions. And I promise you, there's no judgment here. We don't care if you have a lot of money, Or you have a little money. We don't care if you are a super accomplished person with your personal financial life or if you've got a bunch of problems. We're not judging you for your past actions. We're going to try to help you out along the way. And that is why we encouraged Alan from New York to come on the air with us because, Alan, you just said, this is a tough thing for you. It's emotional, right?
1: Yes, it is. And I would put myself in the uh, guy with a lot of financial problems category.
0: You know, we all have a lot of problems. You know, some people have problems with various aspects of their lives. But hey, you know, let's see what we can do for you today. So first of all, tell us about yourself.
1: Okay. Um, well, I'm, a, I'm married. I have a wife. Um, we have three children and we live in the New York area. Both my wife and I have had the same jobs for a long time, so very steady career and employment and so forth. And the the crux of why I wanted to talk to you is basically we're in this cycle of racking up a lot of debt, credit card debt, and then paying it off through refinancing the mortgage or taking out other kinds of loans. And just mm. But then we get back to zero and sort of a year or two later, we're back with, with a lot of debt. So mm. we understand that basically the math is not working in terms of we're spending more than we earn, but we can't seem to crack that nut. So
0: let's let's talk a little bit about um, how old are you? 49. And she is also that age-ish?
1: Yes, a couple years younger, but yes. Okay.
0: And how old are the kids?
1: The kids are 16, 14, and 11.
0: Oh my God, they're real people. You think you have financial problems? You got you've got two teenagers, and you're almost you're about to have three teenagers. I
1: know, and yeah, you know, one of one of my big worries is we're passing on to them some of the sort of bad approaches we have to money mm-hmm. just through osmosis. So yeah. I don't know if that's something you can help with too. But
0: so together, how much do you guys earn?
1: About three hundred and twenty thousand.
0: I just want to point something out that uh, a lot of people listening all across the country are rolling their eyes right now, but don't. Because I know that you hear that's a big number, but when you live in an expensive area like the New York metropolitan area, or it's Washington, D.C., or it's Boston, or it's the Bay Area, it's weird how quickly 320000 which sounds like a ton of money, can get dwindled down. So I'm just going to put that out there because I know I don't want to hear from you guys after. No judgy, okay?
1: I mean- it sounds like a ton of money to me also. And it, you know, I think we both earn more than we thought we ever would when we started our working careers. And when I look at that number, I'm shocked that it, that our life is so expensive and we don't have an extravagant life. We live in a small apartment with five people. I I get that. I get what you're saying about the big number, but we're still struggling.
0: Yeah, I get it. Uh, Let's let's walk. Let's walk through this. Do you guys make contributions to your retirement accounts?
1: We both do. We're both. I think I contribute 14 percent and my wife is similar, maybe a little lower.
0: How much money is in each of your retirement
1: accounts? Do you know? I do. I think um, combined it's about nine hundred thousand. Wow. That's amazing. It's the one thing we've done Right. (laughs) <laughs> but I have to say, I have broken your rules and taken money out of it to, you know, to to cover expenses at times. So, uh,
0: in a, in the form of a loan,
1: yes. Okay.
0: Is there an outstanding loan on either of those retirement yes, accounts? Yes.
1: Uh, we took out a loan about three years ago on one of them, and I I have like thirteen thousand left to complete paying okay. that loan off.
0: Not bad. Okay. Let's talk about the apartment. How much is it worth?
1: I don't know exactly, but I would say between one point two and one point three million.
0: What's the outstanding
1: mortgage? Seven hundred and ninety thousand?
0: So I mean, but there's still four hundred grand in equity. I already know what your problem is. Let me just take the jump. Private school, yes, that's it. Um,
1: yeah. Right. we have our kids in in a religious private school, hmm. and that's basically as much as our mortgage. it's It's nearly as much as our mortgage payment.
0: Wait a minute. The private school is how much a year? So you've got 3 kids in private school, yeah, right? Yeah,
1: we we are on real financial aid, which I know is so, probably sounds shocking to people. We pay about, you know, between 35 and 40,000 a year for all 3 kids, which is Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, which is like the equivalent of one tuition basically. So Right
0: yeah please, half a yeah. tuition these days. yeah. and how is it that you got that? Is that simply by saying to them, look, this is our financial condition and that qualifies you?
1: Yes, there's a financial aid process similar to college where you you reveal your income and your assets and your expenses and then they come back with a number. And we've mm-hmm. been doing it long enough now that i that I feel comfortable we're in a Consistent pattern of spending for school. Mm-hmm. At the beginning, I, I you know it would change year to year, and it you know there'd be five thousand dollar difference or something that was really significant. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: now we've been kind of paying the same amount for several years in a row, and I feel I feel comfortable projecting forward. Um, right. that we'll be at that level.
0: How much is the credit card debt right now?
1: Uh, it's about a hundred, hundred and ten thousand.
0: Your mortgage and your maintenance. What's the cost monthly?
1: it's about $6,600.
0: Do you think you could rent something for that that you would live in?
1: Probably. We during the pandemic, we really looked closely. Rents were very low where we live and they they went down, not low, but they went down from where they'd been and mm-hmm. you know, I I feel confident we could, but I I don't know for sure.
0: Okay. I mean, even if it were close, it wouldn't be so bad. So a couple of things that are obviously it's, it's the private school, but now you have to tell me the truth in that. Do you feel like this, I'm forgetting about the private school, but everything else, do you live an extravagant life? Because what happens sometimes is that you're putting yourself in this place where your, your kid's social life is with people who have a lot more money than you do. And so then you feel compelled to say, well, you know, I can't let my 14 year old, uh, you know, who's in soccer and really psyched about it, then not go to soccer camp because that's what all of his or her pals are doing. So, you know, it's not just the private school, but it's a lot of other stuff. Is there a lot of other stuff that comes along with this?
1: I think there there is. And it's a big tension in, in our family's life because we live in a community where there are where a lot of people do have almost unlimited resources and we certainly are not in that situation. So my kids see that and they have expectations built around that. And
0: mm.
1: one example, I mean, right now my kids are away at camp, mm-hmm. um, sleep away camp. Uh, um, you know, that's, that's also a massive expense for us. It's more than $20,000 for the summer for the three of them. So, and they're having a really, I mean, this is like, life-changing, wonderful time after the last 18 months of pandemic and being stuck in this small apartment. So I don't regret it. But yes, I think to your point, they do and perhaps we do also have a set of expectations around spending that are shaped by the things we see happening around us and not necessarily by, you know, what our means are. That said, like, we don't go on extravagant vacations. We, we don't take we're not going to Europe or the Caribbean or something like that. It's like we're driving to the beach, mm-hmm. and you know, maybe renting a house for a week. But it's stuff that's, you know, we're, we and we cook at home and, you know, we, we try to try to be mindful, but it's obviously not working.
0: Do you have wealthy parents on either side?
1: Not in the sense that they could write a check and say, here, let's help. Those are my
0: favorite kinds of wealthy I parents, know, the I ones know. that can I, write checks. I sure. want to be
1: that parent, too, and that's yeah. one of the reasons I'm I'm here today.
0: I mean, look, you have probably have done this, which is you have probably taken the expenses and you've whittled everything down and you've looked at everything in this, that other way. I am leaning towards, and Mark, you'll jump in if you think different, I am leaning towards selling the apartment, paying off the credit card debt, and then you and your wife having a very hard conversation about how you live within your means. And I mean really hard. Mm -hmm. And I think that the issue is that probably you are in a situation right now where as much as I'd like to say you're doing a great job with your retirement, you probably are saving too much money in retirement and that's screwing up your cash flow. Mm -hmm. And um, although I really want you to do that, I don't think that I'm going to convince you to pull your kids out of private school, which you should do, obviously. I don't think that I'm going to convince you of that. So here's the ideal. The ideal is no more private school, public school, uh, then when you're with public school kids, you don't tend to go to fancy camps. But although, you know, frankly, you could probably go to the fancy camp if, you know, you didn't weren't paying for private school, take it down a notch. And mm-hmm. that's what I would say. But if I can't convince you of that because they're already in this ecosystem and that's one of those things that you breeders tend to tell me is impossible to do, then I think we're probably in a situation where you're going to have to have a conversation. You're going to have to bring the kids into this conversation which goes like this, and I know it's, it's horrible to consider this, but I would do it with the kids, and that is we cannot afford the life that we have basically built. So here's what we're going to do. We are going to move. We're going to go into a different apartment. It may mean that, like, you need to share a room or you need to do this or whatever the horrible trade-off is going to be, but the tradeoff is you get to stay in your school, and that's great. And we get to essentially afford this, So that you guys can all go to college and everything's cool. So if you sold the apartment, you had the 400 grand, you'd pay off the credit card debt right now. You'd pay off the 401k loan. You would still have some money left over. You'd actually create an emergency reserve fund. You should never, you guys probably should never have less than $100,000 in your general cash account. And then you put aside some money. You may even say, I want to prepay private school. I want to prepay camp for the next year or two, whatever you want to do. And take the pedal off of the interest rate clock that credit card debt is accumulating and also take the pressure off yourselves. And then I think you're going to have to put less money into the retirement account. Mark, do you think that that is a nutty idea? Yeah, this is a definite Like this requires you guys saying, we've come to the edge. We've come to the precipice. We are not going to do this again. Because it's one thing to do it when you're 35, 38, 42, 49. And let me tell you, as someone who's in your 50s, who's already in her 50s, when this is happening in your 50s, this is it for you guys. Mm -hmm. This is it. If one of you feels wildly worried about what things are going to look like, I can tell you that the prognosis is not good as is. So this requires a real drastic coming together as a family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I believe that these kids have to be involved in it. I know that sounds crazy, but I think that if you really want to have good habits passed along, they're going to be pissed. There's no doubt. I mean, they're teenagers. They're completely narcissistic little beings, right? They're not going to be happy. But if you can talk to them and just say, we want to have as little disruption to you and your lives as possible. This idea of private school was really important to us. We are, um, you know, I don't know how religious you are or not, whatever, but like this was an important thing that we wanted to do for you. And what we didn't realize is that although we make a lot of money, that by doing this, there would be some other things that come along with it. And if you guys want to stay in this school And if you guys really are happy about where these things are, we're going to have to make a different choice about our dwelling. And we're going to have to, have to change some of the ways that we are conducting our lives as a family. And we're in it together because guess what, kids, if mom and dad are 60 years old, or let's just say it's five years from now, and one of you would lose your job, like what would happen if one of you guys lost your job?
1: Yeah, catastrophic.
0: Exactly. And then you're, you know, there's no, there's no safety net. I think that this is financial triage more than anything else, but it involves emotional triage as well. I would be remiss in hearing this story if I didn't, you know, sort of give you what I think the best case is and then what we think we can do to help you get to the next place. Mm -hmm. And again, for those of you listening, I know this sounds like a wacko story. This feels like a very New York story, but I actually wrote a lot about you people like you in my book because you are a very familiar person to me in terms of the kind of people that I used to work with as a financial planner and the kind of people that I actually run into a lot in my own life. It's people who make a lot of money. Um, you know, we used to call people like you, Alan, this is so terrible, but in the financial services industry, we would call you the, the nearly affluent, mm-hmm. meaning that you are you're close, but you're not there. And because of some of the choices that you've made, which by the way, might be really good. Maybe your kids are going to be so like fantastic in private school. But like really, you know, if I could wind the clock back, you know, you'd be living in Queens in a beautiful apartment and your kids would be in public school and they wouldn't be running with a crowd of people who go to fancy places and do different things. And it wouldn't cause them consternation. And, you know, that would be kind of what they do. But there's only so much you can do today given where you are.
1: Mm-hmm. And you think um, using using the equity from our home to get rid of this debt is really the, the solution to not, not to take out a loan, uh, a home equity loan, or to refinance the mortgage to make it bigger.
0: Here's the thing. The various issues that exist, whatever they are, kind of the emotional stuff, the solution almost requires the same thing. I just think that the the right now, I, I really don't think a home equity line of credit is a great idea right now because interest rates are rising. So mm-hmm. your 790 is at what interest rate?
1: Uh, 3.8 approximately.
0: The problem is you could grab the 100,000, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe. Uh, but I think you could in a jumbo universe and pay off the credit card debt. I just don't, have a real sense that you're not going to get there again.
1: I think what supports your argument is that I've refinanced twice and we've had the same. Yeah. You know, we've been back in the same place and I both refinances were to pay off credit card debt.
0: Yeah. I, and and maybe that was the n- there wasn't enough pressure on you to really make the change. I almost feel like it has to be a little bit more dramatic. And, you know, look, your mortgage and maintenance, if you got an if you increase this note, is probably going to seven grand a month. Can you find a, what do you live in? A two bedroom?
1: It, it's three bedrooms. The the other piece that I haven't told you about is that we're going to have a big uh, assessment in about four years for. Oh my
0: God. Get out of this building.
1: Okay. It's going to be. Get like out of this 40, building. 000.
0: Yeah. Forget it. You got to get out. And I would be looking around and, and if you, you know, and, and maybe you expand the perimeter of where you would look. give you a little bit more flexibility. Um, Maybe you would expand, you know, kind of your thought process on what is a reasonable amount for dwelling. But my God, even if you could just go to, you know, 5,500, that -hmm. would be great. And then I think you really have to look at these expenses for real drill down. Are you guys like mint or clarity money or spreadsheet type people? Not at all. You're going to have to. Okay. That's that's going to be the thing you guys do together. You and your wife are going to do this together. And when you see the numbers, you're going to say, like, oh, my God, how did this all happen? Because, like, life happens.
1: We made a list of our priorities. Um, the top priority was to keep kids in the school, to keep kids in the camp. Those were the one and two. Uh, number three was affordable and comfortable living situation. That does not mean, like, stay in this place we're living at all costs. So I think she's definitely open to this idea. And we both don't want to live with the stress of constantly going into debt. So no,
0: it's not good for your health. It's not good for your, your relationship. It's not good for your family. Yeah. And you know, your kids are in a place I'm sure where it's very competitive for college. And like, obviously that's absolutely should not be on your radar at all, at all. But I also want to say one thing about having this conversation with your kids. You are not in a position to pay for any college. Zero.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So they're going to have to figure this out. Okay. And you're going to help them. How 16-year-old is in what year? Uh, She's
1: beginning 11th grade in the fall.
0: So that's another reason why you want to involve them in the conversation, because you've got to be able to say, we cannot afford to help you with college. You'll be getting loans or you should be looking for scholarships. You can't take this on, man.
1: So Let's go forward a little bit. We've sold our apartment. We've paid off our debt. Tell me about the process that my wife and I are going through in terms of budgeting, making sure we don't get back to the same place again.
0: I think you have to figure out the best way to do it for you guys. But are you the types who like to use technology to help you with this? Are you the types that like to write things down and like create a actual like physical spreadsheet? Is that what you what which, which yeah, what I mean, do you think you prefer?
1: We are not um, the most technically savvy or... Um, you know, in doing this kind of cash analysis and spending analysis, it does not come easy for either of us.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Mint is really easy to use. Clarity Money is really easy to use. And they have the categories there for you. And you can go and populate.
1: Okay. And how small of expenses do you go down to when everything. you- Everything. Coffee. Everything. Mm-hmm.
0: I do everything. It's one horrible, like, 30-day period where you really look at every single bill. Mm-hmm. And then you, then you can maintain it. You understand what it is. I shouldn't say one, it's like 90 days because you need some, some, you, I'm sure you have insurance bills that are quarterly and you know, there, but I do think that for you guys, it's an element of control. Look, when I was in college, I know that you might see me on television and think she's a skinny gal and I kind of am a skinny gal. But when I was in college, I played sports and then I had an injury and then I ate my way through my discomfort and sadness that I was no longer playing sports and I ballooned up and I gained about 40 pounds. And my sister said to me, you know what? You should go to Weight Watchers. And this is when you had to actually go and have meetings at Weight Watchers. Mm -hmm. You know what? The first thing they told us was you got to write down everything you eat. And I was like, everything? And they said, yes, everything. And it's shocking when you do that. First of all, you're more responsible to the process when you actually are writing it down or, you know, using an app, whatever. And what is also amazing is the emphasis that they put on, I don't think they do this anymore, but on portion control, like weigh this portion. I remember saying to my sister... You know, it's so weird. Like, I feel like I'm becoming compulsive. And she goes, you kind of have to be a little compulsive in the beginning just to get your arms around what's happening. And that is pretty much what happens with cash flow or budgeting. In the beginning, you've got to be a little compulsive, get your arms around it and see where this squish factor is. You know, it's the old story. Like, you have income of over $300,000. It wouldn't be shocking to me to learn that, you know, you don't know where 30 grand a year goes. It just Mm -hmm. goes. Wherever it goes, it goes. And I'd like you guys to figure out where this money is going so that we can capture it and harness it and figure out how we can automate a lot of the things that you're doing in your financial life and relieve your stress. That would be the big win for me. You're not going to find yourselves living large. But I think if we can actually tamp down the stress and relieve you of your emotional guilt around all this stuff, we will have helped you really get to a new place.
1: That that all sounds great. You know, I think the stress at this point is pretty close to unbearable for us. And we don't feel like we're living large. Um, yeah. So it's not as though, you know, there's some beautiful thing that we're cutting out. It's really just keeping an, an eye on things.
0: It's a weird thing. I mean, I think, Mark, you can speak to this also that There are things that you don't realize like this. There's a mindlessness around this that can be pernicious. Mm -hmm. And so my analogy is often that I'll use myself as like the complete screw up on this matter because now you're going to see that I'm really insane about the way I eat. But if I sit at a bar and um, I'm waiting for Mark to show up and that bar, um, I, I order my bourbon and the bartender puts a pile of cashews in front of me. I promise you that that bowl will have to be refilled by the time Mark gets there. And this is what I call mindless eating. Mm-hmm. I don't do it with spending. I definitely understand the mindset that you're not you're because you're not tracking it, you're not responsible to yourself. So I think if we get you a little bit more responsible to yourselves, we try to set up a a system and a structure so that you're not spending more than you earn that we we set you up to try to actually succeed in this i think that the 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 mindfulness part of it and how you spend and what's the where the money is going it will give you more control it will i know it will
1: okay i'm 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 certain my wife and i are both committed to trying that and to following through with that, it's going to be a little bit of a challenge to bring our kids into it also, I think. But I, I, I appreciate that you're telling us we should because it's always been a little bit a little bit foggy for us about how much we should let them know that we're under mm-hmm. stress and how much we should shield them from what the realities of the financial situation are.
0: The, really, the key is how can you be honest with your kids without like freaking them out? there's something really bad happening. And there's really is, I mean, despite the fact that you do feel stress, like you do have 900 grand in a 401k. Like, I don't want to go nuts here. Like Mm -hmm. if I had to like pull all your money out and like, you're not destitute, you're not going to be destitute. You've got to remember that you make a bunch of money. There are things we can change to actually improve your financial lives. But I don't think that you say to your kids, like this stresses out mommy and daddy. Mm -hmm. It's more like, look, we're going to have to make a move. And we're going to make a move because we want to put all of you guys in a better situation around, you know, how we approach college. And, you know, if we stay in this place, I know we can't help you with college. If we leave this place, we're going to pay off some of the stuff that's accumulated. You don't have to even say debt. You can just say we got, we're going to clean up our financial lives a little bit and be more responsible. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's it. The, I think the 16-year-old can have I can see her having that conversation and the 14-year-old, maybe the 11-year-old, I'm not sure it will compute.
0: Little ones have like great adventure, kind of like, oh, we're moving? That's a great adventure, you know? Mm -hmm. And you're not going to move to like a crappy studio apartment with five people. You're not going backwards in time, but you are going to say, we're just moving to a different place.
1: I I mean, the other piece is we're very involved in our community. We are very involved in our synagogue. And part of the reason we're overpaying for our housing is to be in this community that we cherish and are raising our children in with the values that, you know, that we, we prize and want them to have and that they see around them in the people that, that we are friends with and the children. So
0: you mean the ones that are going to the Caribbean and, and
1: yeah, I mean, and all the, right. A lot okay. of them are very wealthy, but they're also our friends. And
0: so listen, I think you guys are ready. I think it's time to do some exploration. We're going to stay in touch. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, but I think that if you and your wife are in this, um, we involve maybe your two older children a little bit. You start the investigatory process on a new dwelling, and you immediately begin looking at Mint. Go to Mint.com or Clarity Money. Just look at the just look at the tools they have, and start populating the way you spend money. It's not even putting a budget together. It's just like literally you can say, here's how much money we spent on food. Here's how much money we spent on blank. And, and you they'll go category by category. Start building that up. And let's go from there. And let's see if we can get you out from underneath this um, this anvil that's sitting on your shoulders. All right. You're going to stay in touch. And if anyone listening has um, some, maybe like a success story, we have heard from people like Alan before who have shifted and made changes in their lives and have helped themselves. And we're just here to try to help kind of coach you along and give you the permission structure and some of the advice that you need. So if you have some advice for Alan, send us an email, Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. Remember, no judgment. No saying, oh, you make so much money or you shouldn't do this. You just like, just have, let's, let's do this compassionately, right? Okay. That, that's really all I ask of you guys. So send us your emails, Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. If you're on the website, jillonmoney.com, just hit the contact button. Now, uh, you know that we want you to do something for someone else today. And that just may mean that if you know somebody who's going through a hard time, maybe it's a financial thing, maybe it's a health thing, and maybe it's just an emotional thing, that you do something for that person, whatever it is, a little thing. And don't forget, we have a a mantra here at this show, and it's grit. And God knows Alan and his wife, they're going to need grit. They're going to be able to grow through this. They're going to have grace. And I think a little gratitude because really, although this is a tough situation, I think that at the end of it they're going to feel gratitude for getting through it together okay so we're going to help them get through it together this is what this community at jill on money is all about thank you for listening and we'll talk to you tomorrow